Jared, the GM on ESPN 1025 The Game. We are live today at Boombox Craft Pizza and Tap House. Again, in two hours, Smashville Live, the night at 7 o'clock. Ryan Johansson, Colton Sissons will be the special player guest, so get excited for that. Ryan coming up with Preds Insiders in an hour at 6 o'clock. And Jared and the GM will be on their way homes at that point. So get excited, yes, Floyd. But I... I mean, I know that we're not allowed to change opinions that we've ever had on this show before, uh, ever. No matter what happens, you're never allowed to change your opinion according to Floyd Reese. But ever, I've had a change of opinion. <laughs> and that surrounds the starting quarterback, Ryan Tannehill. I don't know if I'm ready to think that Tannehill could be the, the future franchise guy for the Titans. I kind of doubt it, but I don't know. But I do think I, I'm... To the point where if Tannehill has another couple good games, I think I'd be ready to, to give him a contract for next year or give him a contract for the next couple of years. Uh, and I wonder at what point should the Titans start to think about Ryan Tannehill in the future and at what point do they need to pick up the phone and call the agent and say, hey, we'd like to extend Ryan Tannehill because Tannehill's only making $7 million this year. It feels like Mariota won't be back next year. If the season were to end today, the Titans, I would assume, would want to re-sign Tannehill and draft a quarterback in either the first or second round and have Tannehill start next year with the young quarterback on the bench. So, Floyd, how many more good games from Tannehill do we need to see before you're ready to give him a contract? And how does that work about deciding whether or not you want to give Ryan Tannehill a contract? When would you want to decide that, and how would you go about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's the same thing as we talked about with Marcus and, and when's it time to make a decision. I think there will be a game at some point in time where during, after, before the game, they're going to say, you know what, this guy is is just what we're looking for. He's really good or he's really this, that, or the other, and that's probably when they'll start. The problem is, I mean, if in fact that time comes and you know it comes, Ryan's not going to want to sign then. That's why, unless, that's why it's got to be like over, now. Well, it doesn't make any difference. If, if, if you, you would have to overwhelm him with a contract, which you don't want to do either, or else you're going to get in competition with, with other teams, other people. Because every one of these games he plays well and w- plays well and wins, I mean that's just money in his bank account, you know. And he knows it, and his agent knows. It. I don't even know who his agent is. Pat Dye. Pat, oh yeah, Pat. Pat especially knows it. So, um, you know, I don't think it's. Uh, I, I think it'll be something that'll just happen, and you're gonna. That's why you have to be sure. You know, you can't for you to get this done. You have got to be sure because it's probably going to cost you. Well, even if Ryan Tannehill plays great for 10 games, I don't think you can be sure. I mean, think about, remember when the 49ers said they were sure and they gave Jimmy Garoppolo all that money and we laughed at him and a lot of people laughed at him? Well, who's having the last laugh now? I mean, the 49ers are 7-0. and Yeah, so, but I wouldn't say it's because of him. Have you seen that defense? Yeah, Bosa has changed entirely. Jeez. He, Bosa that is like the Javon curse of that defense. Knocking. There's defensive linemen or get sack after sack. But they're 7-0 and with Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, he's Yeah, I mean, they are the favorite in the NFC right now but they're with doing, Jimmy Garoppolo. They're doing it just the way that, that you would think they would do it. Their running game is outstanding, and their defense is off the charts. 
So, I mean, they New England and San Francisco have the absolute best two defenses in the league. Yeah, but do you think that they regret giving Jimmy G all that money right now? Oh, I don't think they regret it. No, and that's the point. Is we sat there when they gave him all that money and we thought, wow, you're committing to Garoppolo after just seven games and you're ready to say we're all in on Jimmy G and give him $27.5 million? And then last year Jimmy G gets hurt and it's like, whoa, was that a good idea to give Jimmy G all that money? And now they're 7-0 and and so we're sitting here saying, hey, you know, maybe it was a good idea to give Jimmy G all that money. And see, and that's why I'm saying when, when he got hurt, you, sh- you shouldn't say that. You already made the decision you're going to pay him. So if he gets hurt, that's that's the way it goes. And just like now, if he goes out there and plays well, you don't. Oh man, I was really smart for paying him. No, you were. I mean, this is this is what's supposed to happen. I'll just so, say this: in two games, I've seen everything that I would love out of Ryan Tannehill. And if I were the Titans, and I thought there was a way I could get in right now and get a cheap deal to make him my quarterback for next year, say fifteen million next year. Or eighteen million for two years, or something like that. I think I'd take it. I think I'd try to sign Ryan Tannehill right now to an extension, so that if Tannehill doesn't reel off a bunch of wins right now, that I don't have to pay Tannehill twenty-five million dollars to be my starting quarterback next year. Which, if he if he does what we're hoping he can do, I mean, you're probably going to have to shell out. I mean, it's so do it now, so you so you don't well, have to. But do what it if you're wrong? Well, you just said that your opinion never changes. So what's your opinion? What did I also say? There'll be a point in time where you'll form an opinion. I like you Ryan Tannehill right now through two games. And, and yes, and that's where if you're signing multi-million dollar contracts, you can't tell a guy, gee, I really like you for two games. Can I just pay you $6 million a year and everybody's happy? That's None of that happens. I mean, that's not even realistic. You wait until there's a point in time where you say either yes or no, I, I want to do this, we want to sign this guy, then you go ahead and try to sign him, but it's going to cost you, you know, either way. I mean, you may as well resolve yourself that if, if you're going to sign him, because, and, and if you're not going to sign him, then, you know, you're, you're looking for another quarterback. Well, it sounds anyway. to me like you don't think Tannehill's going to be the starting quarterback of the Titans next year, because... I mean, it sounds like you're willing to let him go out on the market. Here's, here's what's going to happen. You sign him now, you're wrong. You made a dumb mistake. You let it play out until you feel good about doing it. Is he going to want to sign? No. No. So you're going to have to wait and, and get in a bidding war and pay him whatever money you, you think you're going to have to pay him. And hopefully he likes you enough that, you know, he's going to stay. But if he goes out, out on the street, I mean, there's no telling. I mean, he could, but, you know, the problem he's going to run into is there's going to be a few guys out there. You know, there's going to be more Dalton, Bridgewater, Mariota. You know, there'll be a whole slew of guys out there. So, you know, there'll be a little bit of competition. Plus, it sounds like there are actually good quarterbacks in this draft. Not that I love any of these guys because I can't watch a college quarterback and say whether well, or not the guy will be good unless it's like Peyton Manning. But this year you've got in the draft class, you've got Tua, you've got Fromm, you've got Herbert. 
and you got Eason and all these other guys that people seem to love. So that may hurt Tannehill as well. I just wonder, if you went to Tannehill right now, you said three years, $15 million guaranteed. Would Tannehill take it? $15 million a year for three years guaranteed. $45 million? Yeah. You're going to pay him $45 million. You think that that's Do crazy? You, you want to be the GM? Didn't you just pay Mariota $50 million? Well, does, No, you paid him $20 million. No, but you gave but, him like a $20 million signing bonus, plus all the years that he was quarterback where he was making like six and nine no, and whatever. You're talking about his rookie contract? Yeah. yeah. We're not talking about a rookie contract. That's dead and gone. So you're talking about you paid him $20 million for one year, and look what you got. You know, how do you feel about that? Feel good about that decision? <laughs> Let me say this. You do that and you were wrong. You jump out and give this guy 45 million bucks and you're wrong. Guess what? Floyd, how old are you? <laughs> the GM is coming I'm looking, back. I'm looking for a GM out The here GM someplace. is coming back. I mean, that's not going to happen. If that did happen, would your first radio interview be on this show? If I got, if I, if the Titans hired you back to be general manager, oh no, they would have to be no, this show no. with you. No way, I, I might go on the morning show with Derek or afternoon show. <laughs> Unbelievable, because you would twist my words. It, it would be one whatever of things, I said. It would you, be one of those things where it's like, you know, how's the relationship? You know, now with the Titans that. Floyd got named GM. Uh, it's worse. It's 615-737-1025. Here's the question for the fans. Would you be willing to commit to Ryan Tannehill as the starting quarterback of the Tennessee Titans for next year? Not any year after that, but you still have to pay him money the years after that. But you can, like, draft a quarterback, and then Tannehill can be a $15 million backup. Would you be willing to commit to Ryan Tannehill for next year right now if you knew that it would give you a better deal than if you waited it out the season or you could learn with the rest of the games that Tannehill's just not going to be the guy. What do you think? 615-737-1025-615-737-1025. And again, are you willing to commit to Ryan Tannehill? And how would the talks between the Titans and Tannehill's agent go right now? We'll discuss that with Floyd next. Jared and the GM, we're live from Boomba's Craft Pizza and Tap House. Right here, it's ESPN 1025, the game. We've seen sizable jumps in third down conversion as well as red zone touchdown scoring since you've taken over as a starter. What really ha- has been different? Like what, what's your explanation for that? I think the guys are executing. You know, we've had some opportunities. I'd like to have a few more down in the red zone. I think that's, that's one area where we can you know, just get down there more. We're, we're executing, we're, we're getting touchdowns, and we're down there, but we need to get down there a few more times per game. So uh, really proud of the guys, the way they just keep battling. You know, a few times we went to third down, and, and we're finally able to convert, get in the end zone on third down. So uh, just that belief that, hey, we're going to get in the end zone, maybe on first down, maybe on second, maybe on third, but we get down there, we believe we're going to get in the end zone. Ryan Tannehill asked by TD. <laughs> Why the team is more confident since he's taken over. Uh, I don't know. What did Tannehill just say? Because I'm better than Mario. What if he had said that? Oh, I don't think that would happen. No, it would not happen. <laughs> okay, before we get to the calls on Tannehill and whether or not he should be the quarterback for next year, if you were the GM, would you be in contact with his agent right now just on a weekly basis just saying, hey, we think Ryan's doing a good job, really proud of him? Or would you wait until you make the decision that you believe in Tannehill, and at the moment that you believe in Tannehill, 
you would call them and say, okay, let's get a deal done. Right. Which one would you do? I'd probably do the second. Wait until it's time and say, okay, let's talk. See where we are here. But at that point, he's going to have you over a barrel. He's got you over a barrel. If he gets to the point that you want to sign him, the rest of the league wants to sign him too. I mean, there are no secrets here. Everything you do is on tape every single day. So, I mean, it's, and that's the way it is with everybody. How are we doing? We <laughs> Let's go to the phones. Ian, we're now to the point we've got our shirt unbuttoned at the top, upper. We, he, he, my wife is the only person I know that looks in herself more than this guy. Does. Are we posing for more pictures? Is this posing? What's going? It's like this is like I a, am a very a, a handsome shoot. man. This is like a model shoot. I am a very handsome. We're man. We're now pulling the top button on our shirt. Gina open. must be there doing her Instagram thing or something for Smashville Live, huh? I, I don't. Nah, know. they got they got like they have cameras all over the place, <laughs> and so we're on like. Like every there's like four TVs. There's a bunch of clusters out here of televisions at Boombaz, and for like every three televisions, there's one television that has us on it. So I'm I'm like at a news studio where mm, I'm constantly, constantly looking, constantly readjusting. Seeing, I see. Yes. yes. Oh yeah. It's it, you know what? Thank God we don't have these in the studio. We should live stream the show, Floyd. And then no this work and then ever we have done. To spend no, the we can't. We can't spend the no, entire show working on that. Says yeah. the old he, man, Paul, he would be, who just looks at the TV all the time, sitting there. The whole what was that about the time modeling. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You were watching NFL Network while I just made this point. Wait, you didn't let me, listen. Let to me it. zip my shirt down here a little bit. How's that? Is that better? You look, that you look five years younger. <laughs> Let's go to your phones. Ellie is up next on the Titans quarterback oh, for next year. Lord. Go ahead, Ellie. No, I mean Emil's not a bad quarterback. He's a pretty good quarterback. The only thing is, his biggest question was staying healthy. And with our offensive line, who knows if that's going to happen? And I think there's a lot of rumbling that Phil Rivers is the last year of his deal. And our defense is way too good to just start over with a new quarterback. And I would see, I would see us maybe signing Phillips Rivers for a couple of years if Hanahill gets hurt or if he doesn't do as well as he does the rest of the year, and maybe draft a quarterback in the second, third round. So thank you for your call, Ellie. I don't think Tannehill or Breeze are going to – I mean, uh, I don't think Rivers or Breeze are going to come available. I know they're both in the last year of their deals, and so you could argue, you know, if Anthony Lynn gets fired in L.A., could a new coach want to start over, new stadium, all that kind of stuff? I just don't think Rivers is going anywhere because you're not ever going to be able to get anybody better than Rivers in L.A. And Rivers has like 500 kids and doesn't want to leave them. So I couldn't see Rivers and I can't see Breeze, which people will say, well, they're in the last year of their deal. I can't see those two guys being quarterback of the Titans next year. No. I mean, I think they'll finish their careers there. Wherever they are, you know, New Orleans. Uh, I mean, I can't believe Breeze is just playing too good. And really, Rivers is playing pretty good, but the rest of the team is just rotten. And Rivers, Rivers, before he, you would sign with another team, he'd probably retire. Yeah, like, wasn't it? He still lives in San Diego and commutes to Los Angeles every day. Right. Like, that is how much he wants to be with all those kids. And imagine having, what is it, nine kids? You got nine kids, three of which I think are probably infant level or toddler level, and you're going to move to Nashville, Tennessee from Los Angeles? Oh, yeah. Like, is that not a culture shock? (laughs) Jeff is up next here on Jared and the GM on Ryan Tannehill. Thank you for calling. Go ahead, Jeff. 
Hey, guys, uh, I just want to say I wouldn't want to see the Titans, you know, extend Ryan Tannehill until we see more more game film on him and see him in critical situations. You know, I kind of want to see him in the fourth quarter, games on the line, win us a game. But now, you know, if we can go 7-1 and one or maybe even 6-2 and two, the remaining schedule, I'd be okay with J-Rob offering this guy, you know, maybe three-year deal uh, and then still going out and getting somebody in the draft that we can develop and, you know, just because Tannehill has that injury history, you would use a first round pick. I would. I mean, if there if there's a guy out there that that falls to us that's that's available, I mean, why not? I mean, I, because you never know. You if this guy the guy might play next year. I mean, even if he, you, you go with a guy in the first round, uh, Tannehill might go six games and get hurt. He might go four. He might make the whole season. You never know. So I think if you go seven and one with Tannehill down the stretch, thank you for the call. If you go seven and one with Tannehill down the stretch. That would put you at 11-5, and five, would get you into the playoffs. Then the question is, what do you do in the playoffs with Tannehill? But to Floyd's point, at that point, it will cost you $25 million a year in order to keep Ryan Tannehill. You'll probably have to franchise tag Ryan Tannehill to keep him off the market. But it'll cost you an arm and a leg to keep Ryan Tannehill. And I think at that point, you're not going to use a first-round pick on a quarterback because you're going to give Tannehill all this money. Oh yeah, if he goes ends up going nine and one, seven and one. But that's what the caller was. Well, oh, I guess yeah, you had seven, to. Yeah. yeah, but that's nine, what the caller was saying. If, one, if he goes probably... seven and one I, down the stretch, I could give him that deal. Well, if you do that, Tannehill is probably going to be your franchise quarterback. Right. Well, I then the idea of be... drafting a guy, sitting him on the bench, and developing him behind Tannehill, you're not going to use a first round pick on somebody to do that. Oh no. I wouldn't. I wouldn't use a first round. And that's what the caller was saying was, why not? Oh, and then no. have that first rounder be behind Tannehill, and then the... if you if you if he's here and you don't franchise him, now if you just franchise him, or if you end up signing him some other like if you were signing him like now, you know you were trying to work out a deal and you got it, then you'd probably draft somebody pretty high. So that's why I suggest maybe thinking about doing that now. Go out there and and spend the money. That's not as much money as it would be if Tannehill plays really, really well. You can't waste the money, one, and you can't waste the draft choice. One of those is going to be wrong. You know, you got you spend you give him forty five million for three years, then you draft a guy in the first round. I mean, you you know they're bumping Have the guy sit for two years. One, oh, and suppose Tannehill catches fire. We win two Super Bowls. Trade the guy, get your first round pick back. New oh, England great! Style. Yeah, just what you need. New England style. You're not going to trade a backup quarterback. After you draft him in the first round, you're not going to. You think you're going to get a first for Marcus if you traded him? Well, you could use Josh Rosen as the example, and they didn't get a first for Marcus. No, they don't get it. You do not get a first because they were a first. But Garoppolo got you a second in New England, and he was a second. But he also played a little bit. They could at least see him play. If Tannehill, even winning Super Bowls with Tannehill, the kid's not ever getting on the field. You know, if that's going to be a problem, I will cross that bridge when I get to my Super Bowls, and then I have to decide which one I want. Yeah, I would I would rather make sure that... I'm not worried I'm, about running I'm the risk that, paying, that I win too many Super Bowls, and so then I don't know what to do with my backup quarterback. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I would love to have that problem, too. Scott is up next on Tannehill. Thank you for calling. Go ahead, Scott. I, I don't want to sign Tannehill because we've got all of these weapons, and it seems like the only two guys this dude can throw to are Ferkser and Tajay Sharp. Why, why do we want a guy that won't use the weapons that we got? You mean he didn't use them when he threw? You, you mean he didn't use them when he threw all those balls to Davis and Brown 
last week. So it doesn't count. The first week when he threw Davis and Brown six balls each, that doesn't count. And let's not forget Jonu Smith, who came into the season with six catches, and since Tannehill's been quarterback, has nine, including six last game. If anything, the look-at-all-the-weapons-we-have argument, Tannehill has proven that those weapons might actually be good because he's used all of them except for Deion Lewis, who I think his time has passed. The, the thing that, yeah, I mean, and I think part of that reason we talked about this before was because those were the guys he was throwing to in practice. And I think he probably got to where he knew them pretty well. The thing that you hoped Marcus would do with the starters mm-hmm. that I'm not sure he ever got there. I'm not sure he ever got comfortable with that group. And I'm not sure the group ever got comfortable with him, to be honest. You know, it was all, there were just too many instances of, you know, not on the same page for whatever reason. And I'm not blaming anybody. I'm just saying that's what it looked like happened a bunch of times. So I think that you're probably onto something there. I, I also think that Tannehill is just, I think Tannehill is willing to get burned if the receiver screws up. So if the receiver screws up and I throw an interception, so be it. I don't care. He screwed up. I'll deal with that later. Marcus was so afraid of throwing the interception that he wasn't going to, to risk the receiver making a mistake. Well, because at some point in time, Tannehill's going to grab him. I mean, Tannehill you threw know, back-to-back interceptions that got called back for pass interference calls the other day. Yeah. And it didn't if, affect him one iota. I, I think he's, he's going to be more of the type that if you run the wrong pattern, I throw an interception. You know, we're going to have a little chat about that. Whereas Marcus wasn't necessarily that way, you know. 615-737-1025, 615-737-1025. The New England Patriots are undefeated so far this season. Perfect 8-0. 16-0, we've seen them do it before. We just saw them one game short of 19-0. The sports books are trending. We'll discuss Jared and the GM. Hey, the winner, classic flyaway celebration. ESPN 1025 The Game is sending one lucky listener and a guest to Dallas with the winter classic celebration flyaway. Starting Monday, November 4th, listen for the cue to call in and qualify for a chance to win the grand prize, which includes round-trip airfare, hotel accommodations, a pair of tickets to see Leonard Skinner at American Airlines Center, a pair of tickets to the winter classic as the Predators take on the Dallas Stars at the Cotton Bowl on Wednesday, January 1st. The winner will be announced on Friday, November 15th. Prizes courtesy of Outback concerts for more details visit the game nashville.com if you want to go to the winter classic jared and the gm it's espn 1025 the game jared and the gm we are live at boom boss craft pizza and tap house against smashville live coming up at seven o'clock tonight ryan johansson and colton sissons will be the special guests I have a Patriots question for the GM we'll get to in a little bit. But, again, we're at Boomba's Craft Pizza and Tap House in East Nashville. Smashville Live tonight. Preds Insiders right here as well at 6 o'clock. Floyd, we'll get to the Patriots question in a second. But John has a call on Ryan Tannehill. John, you're up next. Thank you for calling. And you go ahead. Hey, guys. This is John. Is this, uh, am I on? Yeah, go. Go. Oh, sorry about that. Hey, uh, the uh, I, I really want to sign time. Tannehill. I mean, I really want to in my heart. But the bottom line, because he he slings the ball down the field, um, he stands in the pocket. Unlike Marcus, he's not scared. But um, when he gets hit, he's like a feather in the wind. I mean, he just like looks like he's going to get killed eventually. 
he just doesn't look that strong, and I'm just wondering what you guys think about that. Thank you for the call. I think Tannehill looks exactly like 90% of the quarterbacks in the league. Like maybe a little short, but I want to say Tannehill's like 6'2", maybe, 6'2 and a half or something no, like I that. think he's taller than you think he is. What does it say? What, what are they going to list at? I, I don't know. I'm not looking up his measurements. Oh, I'm right going to guess 6'3", six, 6'4". But but I really don't. Six four two seventeen. Yeah, they, I mean he looks like. Now I'll say this: I've Marcus is six four two. I've stood next to both guys. Marcus is taller than Tannehill. You know, I mean, I, I just feels that way to me. I, um, I but I don't know. I don't. I don't think Tannehill. I mean, six four two seventeen is not small for a quarterback. No, like Kyler no, Murray. If you're that. worried about you know the size of a quarterback and whether or not they're going to get hurt. You need to worry about Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray oh, yeah. before Russell, you get. Well, Russell's yeah. thick. You know, Russell is. Yeah, but he's still short. I mean, he is thick, but he's he is not very tall. I don't have any problems with Tannehill physically. I think he's a good good athlete. I think he's. I mean, I, I, if that's the reason you wouldn't sign him, I I don't have any problem with that. I mean, I still think Tannehill. Like, I do start to, like, it has creeped into my head that maybe Miami's defenses were so bad and that organization is so poorly run with Tannenbaum and Gase, two guys I don't think have a freaking clue about the NFL, that maybe Tannehill in the right situation will actually play pretty well. And Tannehill keeps doing things that give us the idea that 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 may be the chance. Tyron in Brentwood is up next on Ryan Tannehill. Thank you for calling. Tyron, go ahead. Oh, man. Well, what are you guys trying to do to me? I'm sitting here eating some nice Logan steak rolls, mashed potatoes, macaroni, fries, and I'm hearing this Tannehill puke. My God, are you kidding me? Oh, oh, we, we need to sign to an extension. Oh, oh, $25 million. Oh, oh, hey, stop. Good God. The Tyron, if you watching the win because Melvin Gordon had a case of fungalitis, and then Jameis Winston, the turnover machine, he sucks. He talked about it, what, three, four times? I mean, my God. You easily could have, and you should have lost both them games. Tannehill, he sucked in Miami. He sucks across the board. And now we're talking about extension, potentially $25 million if he goes 7-1, and one, six and 2 <laughs> Yeah, right. In your wildest dreams. Man, please. Tannehill is a borderline backup quarterback to average at best. And, and you want to start three-year deal? Oh, my God. I, I, I just couldn't help myself. I was going to leave you alone. And then I'm hearing this, and then some of the fans calling in. Where were y'all a few weeks ago when the Bills mocked you all at your stadium? You're disbanding the team. Now, all of a sudden, they're here to the rescue. Oh, you believe in them again? Oh, you're going to come to the games and shoot again? You're not going to let the road team out you? Oh, nah, sis. Titans fans. Tyron. Tyron. Tyron, who should be Tyron? Who should be the starting quarterback of the Tennessee Titans in 2020? Oh, I don't know. Hell, it's a draw straw. Who knows? I tell you this much: Tannehill ain't gonna get it done. So you might as well reboot, start over, or go get Teddy Bridgewater. I guess, but it ain't Tannehill. If you gonna give somebody big money, I take a chance on Bridgewater. I sure as hell wouldn't Tannehill. I mean, my God, I'm I'm literally about to. Go ahead and go in my car and wreck and hit a phone pole. My goodness. I, I can't believe the the stupidity I'm hearing from fans. My God. Tannehill. Three-year deal. $25 million. Thank you, Thank oh you for the God. call, Tyron. <laughs> now, this is, where I, this is where I can't agree with Tyron. Tyron you you can't tell me up. who all stinks. 
and not have an option for me as to who should be the quarterback in 2020? Well, I think he said Bridgewater. Okay. How do we feel about that? Oh, I don't know. How do you? Who do you think is a better quarterback, Bridgewater or Tannehill? Oh, I, I've seen two games of Tannehill. So, well, we have eight years of tape on Tannehill that you kept referencing when the fans would say, Which is why it? not put Tannehill in there and see what he can do? And you were like, we got eight years of tape on him. That's exactly right. And I, and I, and I still believe that. But we still don't know. I mean, the decision has not been made. Is that good enough or not? I mean, and I think that's what we need to find out. Let's go to James, who's up next on Tannehill. Thank you for calling. Go ahead, James. Hey, James. There yeah, you go. go. You got me? Yes, go. Okay, okay. Floyd, do you remember a couple of weeks ago um, I called in and I basically said you can't judge anything off of what Tannehill's done with the Miami Dolphins because they were garbage? Yeah, you're welcome for that hot take, Jared. I see you backpedaling now. I see you backpedaling now. Hey, I'm just going off of the GM telling me we have eight years of tape on Tannehill. Hey, what you just said? You just basically said that you think Tannehill was stuck on a garbage organization. I think I am open to that idea that every game we play, I am more open to that being the possibility. Woo! They just like... Those DBs need to learn how to backpedal and turn and run like you do. See, this is what happens. Thank you for the call. Is is if Tannehill were to have success here, I mean like legitimate success, a la Steve Young, right? Steve Young goes to Tampa, has no success, goes to San Francisco, leaves a bad organization in the time at Tampa, although you could argue Tampa's still a bad organization now, leaves a bad organization in Tampa, turns around and goes to San Francisco where he gets to learn under Joe Montana, and then he plays under Bill Walsh with Jerry Rice and all of those great players. And Steve Young's in the Hall of Fame. Let's say something like that were to happen to Tannehill. Then we would all be of the opinion that it was, hey, Tannehill played with a you know bad organization in Miami, and that's why he didn't work out there, and then he went to Tennessee and he won. That's what people are going to think. Maybe right, may not be, I don't know. But for me, every game that Tannehill plays well as the Titans quarterback, you have to walk away saying, hey, maybe Miami, which is the worst team in the league right now, maybe Miami was the problem. Maybe Tannehill wasn't the problem. Every game that they go that Miami keeps losing and every game that you win with Tannehill, I think you get closer to that being a possibility. And that's why I think you, you know, we have to let it work itself out, whatever it's going to be. Because right now, you know, you look at what we've seen in the past and, and you would think, well, this is just, this is a bubble. You know, it's going to pop. It's going to burst. And, and then we'll, we'll see the real Tannehill. But we don't know that. We don't know either way. That being said, if we just sat there and waited to see how it all played out, Jared and the GM would be a very boring four-hour show. <laughs> I mean, if we just sat there and said, well... Are, are the Predators are the Predators Cup contenders? I don't know. We'll see. Well, that that doesn't really do a lot for people driving in this brutal Nashville traffic that are sitting there like, what do you think, Floyd? Well, we'll see. Rustin is up next on the quarterback situation. Go ahead, Rustin. Hey, it's um, um for the GM. I'm just going to put out a couple names here. You got. 
Andy Dalton, you got Eli Manning, you got Bridgewater, and then you got Tua and Lawrence for quarterbacks. Just all of them are going to be on a different team next year or retired. Well, Lawrence so, is going to be playing for the Clemson Tigers, so that is yeah. not going to be an option. Yeah, but you can use your first-round pick on a lineman to protect them and then get somewhere where that's going to be. So what do you think about using a lineman and just getting one of them as a stand-in or drafting Tua? But we really should probably be using the first-round picks to get some linemen. All right, I'm going to let you go. I cannot, I cannot handle this call right now. I cannot handle the call where Eli Manning is an option and Trevor Lawrence is an option to be the Titans quarterback. Neither are options. Well, I think what he was doing was pointing out that there are going to be a number of of options. There are going to be a number of guys out there. And and so it's not like, which which helps you in two ways. If you're in the market and you are looking, then it's going to give you a chance to find. And if you aren't in the market, then it helps your negotiating because he thinks you might be in the market. So, I mean, either way, it's going to help you. <laughs> How could you draft a lineman in the first round with the hopes of, well, we're going to draft this lineman here at 13 this year so that next year when we get Trevor Lawrence, we'll have linemen there to block. To protect them. That's not how the league works. Plus, somebody will – the Titans' defense is too good for them to ever be in position to, to draft t- Trevor Lawrence unless they just sell off like the Dolphins. And quite frankly, I mean, Floyd's 71 years old. We don't have time for a complete rebuild on this show. <laughs> we just don't have time for it. Good point. I mean, like, you know, God bless you, but – we just don't have time. Good boy. 615-737-1025. Be caller five right now. You'll win a pair of tickets to see Nashville SC in the conference semifinals against Indy 11 at First Tennessee Park on Saturday. Caller five, 615-737-1025. We'll win those. The Preds are rolling. Do we like what we see or do we need to calm ourselves down? Because it's so early. We'll discuss next. Jared and the GM live from Boombox Craft Pizza and Tap House it's e- in East Nashville. It's ESPN 1025 The Game. Peter Peck has said that he feels that the improvement in the defensive end for the, for the past several games is that the team is just holding on to pucks more and, and better. Would you agree with that? I think that's got some things to do with it. Um, obviously, the what we do in the neutral zone with the puck and what we do in the offensive zone with the puck can either keep us there or we're going to have to exit and go play defense or the decisions that we make. Um, I think that's a, a big part of it. I also think that just layering in the offensive zone once things turn over, when you hunt like you did in the offensive zone tonight, at some point it turns over and you have to make sure that you're moving in the right direction and you have the proper layers. And that was a big part of the problem, I think, in the first six to eight games where we just continued to press offensively and that left us short defensively. And so it's... Um, it, really wasn't a major fix. It was more of a quick fix and a realization that we have to do the right things defensively. And when we do, we support our goaltenders the right way, and then we can play a good defensive game. That was Peter Laviolette last night. And I'll say this, Floyd Reese, remember how worried we were about the defense a couple of weeks ago? Right. I don't think we're worried about the defense right now. 20 shots against Chicago. Followed up, you know, a, a performance against Tampa where that high-flying offense only scored two goals on UC Soros in, in an overtime game. So, Floyd Reese, I know it's early in the season, but early in the season we were worried about the Predators' defense. They fixed that. Soros was a little questionable. He's well, played I, well I, since I, then. I don't know if we can say. I, I mean, I'm not going with Soros or the defense yet. 
I mean, we, we saw them play one game against a good team, and it worked. No, they played well against Tampa. I mean, against uh, Vegas, at Vegas. Yeah, but they didn't know. I'm talking about the uh, last two games. I'm talking about we saw them play Tampa, and they played well. Mm-hmm. And the defense, well, I think we looked at that and we were secure. What happened against Chicago, and I'm not. You buy into my theory that Chicago's so wretched that we got to take I that. Don't, I, I'm just saying I think we need to see a few more games before we can go there. <laughs> if, if Chicago, if we're using Chicago as one of the examples. You mean like how the writer in Chicago said that this was the worst game in the last five years for the Blackhawks? Yeah, <laughs> so let's. Let's hold off on that a little bit. So, for me, I think we have to take this all with a humongous grain of salt. I, I'm excited about what the Predators have done so far. But I'm not overly giddy. I mean, I don't think they've done anything for me that is above what we thought they were capable of doing. They had a really good October last year. They didn't start to hit their inconsistent skid until Victor Arvidsson got hurt at Dallas, which was November 10th. So Victor Arvidsson gets hurt November 10th. So before November 10th last year, they were the best team in the league, basically. Well, it's still before November 10th this year, so I'm not not ready to get too excited based upon what I'm seeing. But I do feel like they're winning a lot of games where I walk out of it and I think, God, that was a good game. The Vegas game on the road, the Tampa game on the road, I walked out of those and I thought, God, those were good wins. Yeah, but I I think... And I'm not disagreeing with any of that. I think that, for me, the part that has been, I'm going to say surprising, because it probably has been surprising, and a real credit to what's going on over there, mm-hmm. is they change things. You know, they change the offense, and we're going to change the defense, and we're going to do some things. And and the power play, you know, we change the power play. Okay, how is that so to me, to look at the changes that they went through and look at how they're playing, now that is exciting. Because you're, I mean, usually when you go through changes like that, it takes you, you know, you stumble around for a few weeks before you get your balance and really start playing. But mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you what now, they hit the ice skating. I mean, they've, they've done well. I mean, here's the last week for the Predators. 6-1 over Anaheim, 4-0 over Minnesota, 3-2 in overtime over Tampa Bay, 3-0 against Chicago. They've won four in a row, those four games at home. But the only really good team in there is Tampa. And that game was a skin-of-your-teeth overtime really, really, really good win. Like, the other wins were fine. 6-1 against Anaheim. I went to that game, Predators kicked their butt. But I can't get too excited about it because I don't think Anaheim's that great. Minnesota, we talk about how bad Minnesota and Chicago are. Those are the two teams in the Central that are god-awful, and the Predators have all, I don't want to say win every game against those teams, but they need to win a majority of the games against those teams because whoever your competition is, right now it's Colorado in, in the Central, but whoever your competition is, I'm going to assume is going to beat those teams. So the Predators need to win those kind of games. I, I guess what I'm saying is, like, I take more, like, I, somebody said yesterday or today, that the game last night against Chicago was the best win the Predators have had this season. And I'm like, no, sir. Like, I walked out of that arena last night thinking, Preds played well, Chicago is god-awful. And no matter what they do, they keep getting worse. I walked out of the Tampa game with no Matt Deshane, no Philip Forsberg on Saturday night. You win in overtime at Tampa with two power play goals, and I'm like, that is a good win. 
I'm like, those are the wins that I hang my hat on thinking this team might be good. The uh, Central is not going to be quite what it has been, is it? Well, remember this year everybody was like, you know, yeah, yeah, uh, Minnesota is going to be pretty bad. And Winnipeg had some issues, but they should be okay. But we'll see. You know, Chicago's reloaded. Uh, Minnesota bad. Chicago bad. Dallas, who everybody was picking to be the team this year, bad. Winnipeg, I mean, they're not bad, but they're not good. And Winnipeg, you know, they got this weird situation with Dustin Bufflin that I think Bufflin, like, wants to retire. And Winnipeg's like, no, no, no. Like, Bufflin has an ankle injury. And I heard Elliot Friedman talking about this on the Midday Show. Bufflin had an ankle injury that he played through last year. So he's going to take the whole offseason this year to heal, come back. So he healed, came back, and was still hurt. And so Bufflin was like, I don't know if I'm going to do this. Didn't want to go through it again. And they were like, okay, how about this? How about you just take as much time as you need and then, you know, give it another try again? And I think Bufflin's like, all right, I mean, I'm going to take a lot of time. but I, So Bufflin may never play again. And then they had the line holdout. They had the Kyle Connor holdout, which got resolved. But So Winnipeg's not really all that good. And, again, it's, it's so early, though. St. Louis, you, and Colorado are good right now. And I think that's probably certainly to be expected. Again, I'm going to need more wins like the Tampa game and the Vegas game where I know it's a good team on the road and you play solid in every phase on the ice where I walk out of there and I say, that is a good win. And I'm not going to get that no matter how well you play against that wretched, wretched Blackhawk team. Well, yeah, it's going to take a while to get some of those. But we all know that. So the people that were like, I I think someone tweeted me today and said, it was the best win in a long time or something like that. Braden, the most complete game of the year for the Predators and a largely, uh, yeah, the most complete game of the year for the Predators. Was it the most complete game? Was it more complete than Vegas where they went out there and they played defense and they beat high-flying Vegas? We thought it was going to be, remember I said, like, hey, if they don't show up, this could be 10 runs. Well, Vegas, I mean, 10 goals. Yeah, at the Vegas is certainly a better, better, uh, a better win. Preds yeah. Insiders is coming up next. Ryan is here. Adam Vingen is here, Preds Insiders, and then at 7 o'clock right here at Boomba's Craft Pizza and Tap House in East Nashville, it'll be Preds, uh, it'll be Smashville Live with Preds, Ryan Johansson, and Colton Sissons. So get excited. Still got room for you if you want to come on out to Boomba's Craft Pizza and Tap House. And, of course, fans can register right here to win two tickets to an upcoming Nashville Predators home game. Preds Insiders is next. Jared and the GM, it's ESPN 1025, the game.